following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell and co-host Deirdre Serego, bringing you the best in music, fashion, pop, uh, pop culture, and entertainment. What's up, everybody? Hope everybody's having a good day. We got a really exciting show for you today. Before we get started, uh, let me say you can hit the ITV button at the top of your screen and you can see Ron and I sitting here, which you can see us totally. It's no different. And um, uh, we want to say hey to everybody in the chat room. Lots of people showing up now. We appreciate everybody coming on, supporting the show. And before we get started, let me introduce my cool, outrageous man about town host, Mr. Ron Russell. I'm not speaking today. That's nice. I'm not. I'm it's no torture. different than any other week. I now. think you you have no style. You, you you're screwing it up. I'm gonna kill you, really and truly, Jimmy. You do not have all this crap on our set. You it's never no different listen. Than any I've other been week. in television since they invented the fucking. Th- excuse me, making me no, curse. Watch it. He always makes me curse. I have a very clean mouth in my real life. Oh, when yeah, I'm on right. this show, <laughs> when I'm on this show, Jimmy just gets me to the point where I want to f myself to death. But listen, there's a protocol. When you have celebrity on or people that are working for you, you don't have all this junk in front of them. It's distracting the audience. I know, audience. this is a chat room. I realize that, but you have to figure it out before you go on the air. This is a new surprise to me. It's I don't no like different working, than any other but, week. But it distracts me. I know, but if you look at the picture that everybody sees, it's no different than any other week. But it distracts me. Oh, well. You always say you want to see it, so now you're going to be able to see it when they there's, call there's, in. There's no win with this guy <laughs> except execution. So what's up? Say hi to everybody. The chat room's filling up. I love up. the chat room. I love the people that watch us. It's you I can't stand. And talk to. They listen to us also. Oh, and they watch flying. us and they listen to Something's us. Flying. What's up? We also got the man behind the boards, Mr. Chad Murphy. Yo, yo, yo. What's going on? Ron, cheer up with you. Thanks. I want everybody out there in the chat room, please say, Jimmy, get rid of that crap on there. Put it to the side on a table and and, and leave the, the table nice and like refreshing. And well, this slow. computer has to stay up here no matter what. I'm going to shove that computer. You know where. And you no, can it has it to there. stay here because you can't talk to the chat room. I can't talk to the chat room over here on the side. I'm talking to him on the live. You need to get new equipment. You need to get a person in here that knows how to work all this crap. Doesn't matter. I still got to do the chat that room. We don't have to Skype, you know, through the moon and we don't have all the f- problems we have. We had one problem last week and that wasn't our problem. Listen, our budget stinks. We need a sponsor. That's what we need. So everybody out there, please call up different companies and say, why don't you sponsor the Jimmy Star show? They need so the we money. Can have, we need a cameraman oh, to be in here We need again. a cameraman. We need new cameras. We need, we need everything new. Hopefully when we get to California, my old camera 
camera people will be working with us, my old crew, from my set the record straight. You cannot beat them. They are the best in the business. They shoot movies. I mean, like real movies. So they'll be shooting our show in California, and we won't have any. It really doesn't look any different than any other week. It looks sloppy. It looks terrible. It looks like a kid at high school with all his laptops on the desk. It doesn't look. Hold on. Watch this, everybody. Watch this. When you guys are watching, see if this looks any different. Hold on. Watch this. Watch this. I watch is going to screw everything up. Everything's going to unplug. Can't even tell that that computer's there. It doesn't show up on the screen, but this so is, nobody can see it. Well, this computer's always going to be here, so it doesn't matter. You can't get rid of that one. I can still see it. Oh, thanks, right. Jeff. Oh, I moved it back. I with the, cups. It the other way. Here you Reverse. go. I'll chop it out for you. Let's try this. Okay. It's nah, just, that looks too cheesy. Just come in for a close-up no. of me. Screw him. <laughs> go to stage. There left you go. And, That's a little bit better. I'll move it more forward. Oh, now okay. we're too bright. There we go. That's good. That's wonderful, Chad. Thank you. Oh, nice. Much. Oh, that's too bright. Go darker. Jimmy, sit still. I, I, I was Sick moving piece. before. <laughs> okay, that's nice. That's wonderful. I like that a lot. Yeah, I like that too, that's Chad. That's better okay. than, than we other. Now that people can see how really old and disgusting I am. Perfect. I like that, Chad. That's hilarious. Much better. Well, this, Chad, this, I didn't know you could do that. Chad could do anything. Chad is so full of surprises. Chad, Chad's wonderful. No, don't put it down. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to answer it. <laughs> See, watch. They don't disappear. Well, that's still because there. we're on delayed reaction. Ron's a thinker. Now you'll see them disappear because we're on delay. See, now they disappeared. I just put them down. See that, Jimmy? Such a jerk. He doesn't even know that we're on delay. We're on delay only because people get disgusting sometimes on our show and they curse. They say bad F words. And then we have to edit That's them. not true. That's not I true. Don't know. Say hi to the chat room. Hi, chat room. What's up, everybody? We I got some new what people. I mean? he says, say hi to the chat room. I'm not even finished okay. saying hi. Well, I mean, let's go. We got to like Jimmy, move. Jimmy, we have to get moving forward. I'm going to pick your nose in a minute, roll it up, and make <laughs> you eat it. We got to say hi to everybody, so say hi. I want to say especially hi to that, what the hell is her name? Jane? Jane Yates. Jane Eyre? Jane who? Jane Yates. Jane Yates, who's wonderful and is in my Facebook all the time. And she sent me a fabulous book that we're going to talk about later that I really have in a moment to read. But if I'm on an airplane or, you know, at a doctor's office for my knee, I certainly will read it while I'm waiting for my 3 o'clock appointment at, at 6 o'clock at night because the doctor's screwing the nurse or something. You know how they do that crap? Mm. I love it. And then if you're late for the 3 o'clock appointment, they say, Mr. Blah, 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 you're late. You had a 3 o'clock appointment. Yet I go there at 3 and it's 4. I go up to the bitch behind the glass door and I say, excuse me, but I had a 3 o'clock appointment. Well, the doctor's behind. Well. Next time I go late for an appointment, I'm going to say, well, kiss my behind, because I'm behind, too. So what's up, everybody? There we go. Let me say hi. So what's up, chat room? We got a lot of people in the chat room. I want to give some shout-outs. Hello, Cindy, Lady Lake, Dave from Stars Now UK, guest Dennis Bunicelli. He's from Twitter. I know that. Jane Yates, SDB, that's Stefan Daniel Bell, Lady Lake Jen, Mac Perry from Agony in the Garden. Hello, hello, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. Anybody I missed, I know there's a lot of other people in there. I also do want to say thank you to Jane Yates. And my book, too. And Deirdre got one. She sent, she sent us books. books of her book, you guys. She has an awesome book. It's called Garden. Garden is very charming with some lovely parallels. It's by author Jane Yates. It's fabulous. I started it this morning earlier. Um, it's really, really good. And you guys should follow her on Twitter and check out her books. It's, it's a terrific book. And we want to thank you, Jane, so much for sending us the autographed copies with the very nice inscriptions, which we're going to keep private. But the, the book is awesome. Everybody check it out. And uh, I think I love it. 
Well, Jimmy has time to read books in the morning, you see. I'm the housefrau. Jimmy decided at some point in his life that he was never going to do anything like cleaning or anything years ago. I do dishes. When he was with the, other, the ugly old man that he was with for 25 years, the other hey. creature. So that he dumped for me. Anyway, <laughs> now he thinks that I'm going to be like Mary Housewife, you know, like Mary Good Clean. So I do all the work. I vacuum, I dust, I clean, I cook, I food shop, I do everything. And Jimmy has time to read. People don't realize when they call me, they say, why don't you call me back? And I say, I don't have time. Oh, are you traveling? Yeah, I'm traveling around the toilet bowl with my cleaning sponge. Okay, that's where I travel. You know, well, have you guys been away? I haven't heard from you. Yeah, we're away. I'm cleaning out the friggin' closets. That's where I'm away, stuck in a closet again. Anyway, housework stinks. So Jimmy said, let's get a person to come in and clean. Well, I can't because I've always made. He doesn't like people in the house. I don't like people in the house, <laughs> especially strangers that are cleaning and touching and they're not doing what I do and they're not putting everything back. I'm one of those neurotics that, you know, it has to be on a certain angle when you put it back. I would only have to go around and re-clean and re-situate everything. I've had housekeepers, believe me. And they didn't last very long. So I have a major problem. So if you call me or send me books, don't get pissed off that I don't call you right back. The slave is working. I'm doing windows. I do the gardening. I take care of my tomato bushes. Goddess says you can come clean her closet. <laughs> yeah, goddess, goddess. goddess, what's up? We love you, Goddess. And, and goddess, you know what you could do on your knees for me because ain't no way I'm going to clean anybody's closets. <laughs> don't get smart, Goddess, because I'm going to smack you around. Oh. <laughs> I'm tough and I'm butch, honey. Move over. <laughs> How are you, goddess? What's up, baby? Why don't you give us some info on you? You're married. You got a boyfriend. What's your deal? I love your name, goddess. So tell me about it. So write something she quick. Says meow. What's she write? Meow. Meow. Oh, so you're a big pussy cat. That's right. Oh, we. I, I. I didn't mention Jimmy McCrary's in the chat room too. Everybody, Jimmy McCrary's in the chat room. Uh, forgotten that one. And guess Shazam. I don't know who that is, but oh, and, and Irish Ginger's probably in the chat room. Hey, everybody in there that we know. And oh love. yeah, guess Irish Ginger's in there. I'm not sure who Shazam is, but that's our dog. So thank you for signing into the chat room as Shazam. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's Shazam. Maybe Shazam has a laptop somewhere hidden that you don't know. Cindy Lady like needs a pool boy. <laughs> you know, Cindy Lady like you know what you could do? Get on your knees with Lady Goddess there. Easy. The two of you could get side. She didn't mean side. for you to be the pool boy. She just said she needs a pool boy. There's a oh, difference. I could use a pool boy too. <laughs> Except we don't have a pool. <laughs> California we do. Here we don't. Nobody has pools in Pennsylvania. Some is like two minutes long, and it's never really that warm. Chad, how hot is it in Florida? It's hot. It's like the wet hot that sticks to you when you walk outside. It's here in Pennsylvania, so if it's yeah. the 90s in Pennsylvania, it's got to be really hot down there. It was like Florida here. It really is. It stinks. I mean, the heat is nice, but I think the world is warming. Global warming does exist, folks. Don't let any of those stupid politicians tell you differently. I love that. So, you guys, we're going to have a really fun show for you today. We've got actor Clifton Collins Jr., who's also an author, who has a new book coming out. And we have actor Lou Temple. from You guys, mostly people know him from The Walking Dead, but he's done tons of other great, great movies and worked with great people. And uh, so it sh should be a whole lot of fun, and we're going to be calling the first one of them, or they're going to be calling us one of the two very shortly. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We hope everybody had a good weekend. Uh, on a movie note, we went to go see Vacation the other day. And it is awesome. The new vacation is so freaking funny. Even if you don't like the guy who plays the dad, it doesn't matter because the kid who plays the young kid steals the show. He is hilarious. The younger brother. Yeah, the, the young the brother. Lead, the lead guy, whatever his name is, looks like a mule. So many teeth. You know that you just look, all you, when you look at him, all you see these teeth. It looks like a pair of dentures with eyebrows. But anyway, it's a funny film. 
uh, cleverly very, very funny with lots of surprises. And then they take you to that magnificently gorgeous, magnificent. Did I say magnificent twice? Hunk. What's his name? Um, the, the guy who plays Thor, Chris Hemsworth. Oh my God! You got to see him in this film. And there is a very big surprise in this film, also in the boudoir scene. So I would definitely put it on my list. I would definitely go see it, and you will chuckle because me, that I don't care for you know this kind of crappy junk, loved it. It's not sophisticated. It's not highbrow. It's not intelligent, and it's not you know gone with the wind. But it's a funny, cute little silly. It was delicious, hilarious. A delicious movie. You laugh through the whole thing, even the opening credits and the closing yeah, credits and everything. See it. It very I fun. highly recommend it. It's a fun laugh. And then we went and saw Mission Impossible. You can pass that Bomb. one. That was not it. really that Forget good. It. I didn't really like Forget that it. one. I think she has to knock it off. Uh, what's her name? The, the star. She. <laughs> Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. She's got to get a grip. She had a nose job, and she looks better with the nose job, but she's old. And she's too old to be hanging from airplanes and banging off of walls and beating up like 4,600-pound muscular men. That little queen, she can't get out of there. She better not start doing like stuff like Chris Jen is doing, those kind of roles. Cross-dressing. Oh. <laughs> That big old queen. It really wasn't any fun. Watch out too, because you don't want to say too much stuff about that. Why he's going to sue me with the he's, host? Uh, he sues everybody. I don't know, but it doesn't make well, any who's difference. Who's going to sue? He can't sue me. <laughs> He'd be shocked when he finds out what he gets. A couple of old shirts, a pair of torn jeans, and a pair of shoes with run-down heels. <laughs> run-down heels. <laughs> That's what he gets. I have good gowns, though. He might want. <laughs> and high heels, and I've got, you know, good drag jewelry. That he'd be happy to sue me for. Anyway, I just tease you. Tom Cruise is really not gay. Also, <laughs> I don't know if um, uh, they wrote and Katie he, Holmes he, was the man in that relationship. <laughs> and, and neither is John Travolta. He's is, not gay either. <laughs> is, is, Tina, is Tina in the chat room? I don't know if Tina's in the chat room. I don't see her. Today is Tina's birthday. Who's Tina? Tina, Stefan and Tina. That we oh, birthday. Oh, today is her birthday. Tina, Tina, forgive me. Tina Davidson. It. How's Maid Ling, your mother? So you should say happy, you have to sing happy birthday to her. Do a little happy birthday something I for sure her. I sure will. All right, everybody. I wish I could Tina. do it in Vietnamese. Maybe I could do a little bit. Oh, happy birthday. No, that's not. No. <laughs> do it really. Do it real. No, that's real. I'm doing it in <laughs> Vietnamese. I know, but that doesn't sound Vietnamese. It sounds like you're mocking it. That's not I'm like not a Vietnamese. I'm mocking it. I love Tina. What are you, crazy? So She's just, like one of my favorite friggin' people. And his, her mother, Mei Ling, I love her. So just sing yeah, happy cute. birthday like in your Marilyn well, Monroe voice. No, I can't do that. I'll sing it normal. Okay. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Tina. Leave Stephen for me. Stephen for me. <laughs> Seriously, honey, I think you're the sweetest thing in the world, and I can't wait till we live in L.A. so we could pal around together. It's going to be awesome. So uh, that's super terrific, and we love it. And Chad, how was your weekend? My weekend was good. We had a, a gig down. At, you ever heard of Aruba Cafe in Fort Lauderdale? Yeah. You, sure, yeah. It's a nice little place, and uh, we played there Thursday. They loved us so much they want us back every Thursday. Oh, good I, for you. I don't see why not. So that's a good thing. But I'm going to have to cut this little story short because we do have your guest calling in. I'm going to attend to that. Okay, good. And uh, we do have him online for you. Okay. Okay. Roll them, cowboy. Hold on, hold on. We're working on We're working on getting the little little picture going. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Hello, hello, Clifton Collins Jr., and welcome to the Jimmy Star Show. Hello, how are you? There we go. Oh, look, you have short hair. I didn't know if you were going to have short hair or long hair. Yeah, I just got done playing a border patrolman, so I chopped it all off. Hey, so we want to welcome you to the show. Before we get started, let me introduce you to the um, 
Cool, our cool, outrageous man about town co-star, Mr. Ron Russell. Hey, buddy, how you doing? I'm good, Ron. How you doing today? Oh, I'm in a little bitchy mood, but that's okay. I'll, I'll get over it. You know, he's got all this crap on the desk, mm. and I can't see. Now you, now look, you can see him. He's purple, baby. He's purple. Oh, that's just the land He's totally that. purple. <laughs> Don't worry about well, it. If he's not a purple people eater, then he's in trouble because he's purple. That's okay. It looks fine. That's just the angle Meanwhile, of the computer. Meanwhile, I know you. I know your face. I've seen your work. You're a pretty good actor. I appreciate that. I try. Not bad. Not bad. You get paid union or what? <laughs> um. Yeah. That doesn't really help too much, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, seriously, do you like scale or would you rather freelance and name your own price? You know, I got to tell you, I like scale for the projects where it counts, like uh, the independence that I'm really passionate about, where they need the money for the resources to pay crew or to make the story that you want to see be told. I mean, as an actor, I like scale. I don't like the. I did an indie and I got like 100 bucks a day. I looked at the guys, what are you kidding? 100 bucks a day. That's I won't even shave for that. <laughs> I've been there, and I'm not going to lie to you. I, I still do it. I'll, I'll do it. You know. Well, it's like it's it's not the money gigs, you know. It's it's like uh, it's it's the integrity of the piece, and if you believe in it, so yeah, it's a film. And if it's a buddy, you do it for free. I agree. Yeah, but yeah. I still like you in scale. Yeah, I mean, so, believe me, I like to get paid when I can. But uh, you know. You make the exception for the right films, right projects. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree. Unfortunately, the one that we did, it wasn't too good. <laughs> all right. Hey, you can't win them all. So, so first of all, we got a chat room full of people. How about if you give a shout out and say hi to everybody in the chat room? Yeah, where are they? How do I see them? Um, if you go to w4cy.com, you'll see them in the chat room. Um, you but won't otherwise, see them they're out. all watching you. They're you all won't watching see you. Them. You'll just see their name. Watching today. Yeah, there you go. That works. And then. You've got um, a lot of girls in there, baby. Let me tell you, you got yeah. a lot of ladies in yeah, there. I like that part. I love that. I didn't know yeah. that. A bunch of horny old broads, I bet, too. Perfect. <laughs> also, the, you yeah, work for the Spanish or Italian? You're either Spanish or Italian. I'm sorry? Are you either Spanish or Italian? I'm actually uh, um, half German, Mexican, and Apache. There okay, you go. the Mexican and the Apache is the horny side. Germans are cool. <laughs> Yeah, the German side of me likes poo. <laughs> I know. Okay, so we got a whole bunch of things I want to cover, dude, because like I, I, I'm a real big fan of your work, and he's gonna want. He asks all the like crazy questions, and I ask all the kind of like, like I don't know, because I'm a, I'm actually a fan. We get a lot of cool people yeah, if on I here. If I don't ask the crazy questions, you'd be falling asleep. No, you wouldn't. He would not. No, because he's got some. First of all, I want to say congratulations on a phenomenal career. Like, especially, it kind of seems like the last couple of years you're really like hitting it big again. Like, it's like I guess it's go, the movie industry goes in lulls where you do lots of stuff and then you do a little bit less stuff and then you do lots of stuff. But your name is on a lot of really huge blockbuster, you know, big projects in the last couple of years. I love Pacific Rim. Yeah, we're in Transcendence. Right. Um, I'm a big Boondock Saints fan. We've had Norman Reedus on the show. We've had a bunch of the, the different guys on the show. So, like, I was a big Boondock Saints fan. But I have to tell you, one of my favorite movies is Mindhunters. And they just put it on Netflix. Mm -hmm. it, it's on Netflix now, so you can watch it on Netflix. And so, like, just give me a little something about Mindhunters because anybody who hasn't seen it, it's an awesome – I love those, like – those like FBI, uh, you know, those ones where they're like trying to figure out who who did what type films. Was that a fun film to be on? It was a blast. I mean, uh, aside from working with some people that I grew up watching, whether it's uh, Christian Slater or Val Kilmer, I mean, that was I think that was kind of like the big treat for a lot of the actors there was getting the chance to work with Val. Um, it was a blast. We shot that in Amsterdam, and I was I was in a wheelchair the entire shoot, so. 
me in Amsterdam in a wheelchair is like the perfect mix. <laughs> well, you didn't have to walk around and your feet didn't hurt. <laughs> Roll around. And when people tried to chase me, whether it was LL Cool J or, or Val, Val was funny because I'd, I'd be sitting there in my wheelchair just kind of reading a book or minding my own business, and I'd suddenly hear footsteps in the distance coming towards me. And when I'd hear them rapidly increase, I'd be like, uh-oh, it's Val. And I'd have to grab my wheelchair and just hang on because he was going to jump on top of me. <laughs> And he had his trench coat on, so he would leap like a superhero, and he would jump on the ground trying to catch him. I love it. I, I I have a tendency to like the things that that aren't is necessarily the biggest commercial projects that people do. Because the other thing is, I like to light it up a lot. Oh and, wow! Uh, uh, like I actually have it on DVD. And Jimmy and really VHS. watches these films. I really watch all these things. He like doesn't I don't blow smoke up. I only try to get zoo. guests on the show for people that I really like the stuff. It's and true. most of the time, I just like the obscure things that maybe like aren't everybody else's favorites, except for Boondock Saints because everybody loves that. I actually have a, a like a ten foot high poster of Boondock Saints with everybody from the first movie signed it, not from the second because it's the first one. Because uh, I like love, even though it's all in storage, I can't actually put Jimmy it out. Jimmy has a movie, a DVD collection that you would not believe. It could fill a room. I'm, I'm not kidding. <laughs> He's got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of titles. I'm, I, what are you going to do hang with on, them? Hang on, I'm going to keep them. I like them. But I, when do you ever watch them? I watch them all the time. When I'm like working, I instead listen to the radio. I like to watch movies a lot of the time. So we're going to go over, just for everybody listening, if, you, if you're unaware of who Clifton Collins Jr. is, he's a very, very well-known character actor, and he's in been some of the biggest films like ever, Academy Award films. He was in Traffic. He was in The Last Castle with Robert Redford and James Gandolfini. That was a freaking awesome, great movie. You that. That's I an mean, awesome movie. You can't beat those two. I mean, to be in a film with them is like, you know. He was in Horseman, like which that was like, Horseman was who, Dennis Quaid or somebody? You know, who was in, De yeah, Horseman with Dennis Quaid. He was in Capote. He was in Star Trek. He I was in, in The Experiment, with, uh, which is a really creepy movie. I didn't really like that one too much. It was a little bit too intense for me, but it was a cool movie. Uh, and then Pacific Rim, which I'm collecting all the action figures from. <laughs> They're fun. <laughs> I want to start collecting action figures. I'm like, it's hard to fight that one. Yeah, I mean, and, and then Pacific Rim has such great ones. And then we didn't actually see Transcendence. It just came on HBO to go, so we're probably going to watch it with Johnny Depp because everybody said it was kind of hard to follow. But just the fact that you were – I used to have a clothing store, and Johnny Depp used to shop in it in Florida. And uh, he was a really cool guy, and uh, uh, so he was, like, really cool. And just so the fact that you're, like, in a movie and got to work with Johnny Depp is a cool thing. Yeah, for sure. Right? Good people. Yeah, dude, you're like a rock star yeah, actor. You've really had good supporting people. <laughs> you like that apple? And it comes from a. I, I, I didn't put good, the. I didn't. I didn't write cast. any. I didn't write. I didn't write any any uh, any notes about this. But you come from an acting family, and you have a grandfather or a father or somebody who was a famous Mexican actor or something, right? Who? Father Pedro Gonzalez Gonzalez. There you go. What's his name? Pedro, Pedro Gonzalez Gonzalez. Double Gonzalez. Yes, sir. Did he stutter? No. <laughs> The same thing that, that Groucho asked him. He, he, <laughs> no, wait a minute. He, he, is he a, a Mexican film star or an American film star? He was a contract player over at Batjack Productions, uh, John Wayne's company. Okay, I'm not familiar. I knew Ricardo Montalban. Yeah. Did you ever see Real Bravo? Real Bravo? Of course I have. Sure. Yes. Oh, he's in Real Bravo? What did he play? It's just on right now. It's on... Um, uh, Turner Classic Movie. Turner Classic Movie. He's the, one, he's the one that tries on the little skirt on Duke. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's super cool. So just, did, just watched it like last night, was it or the night before? The night before, I think. So, it, so did you? Did that like inspire you to want to be an actor? You know what? It, it actually didn't. And I, I think you know you're so deep in the forest, you can't really see the trees. 
That's the truth true. of the matter is, is I was, I mean, we're all acting and, and me especially, I was uh, the class clown. <laughs> so I didn't realize that uh, I was already doing what I was supposed to be doing that was going to lead me up into professional uh, class clown, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. That's how you get to be. I remember when I was a little boy, my mother would drag me to see all the old Betty Davis movies and all those great films. And I would come home and I'd start to think like the character and say, I'm going to be shrewd. I'm going to do like what Betty Davis did. You know, what, a, what kind of a thing do you want to do to grow up to be Betty Davis? There's hey, a little bit of oh, Betty Davis eyes. Did you ever start dressing like her? Was that the point? No, I never dressed like Betty Davis. The point uh -huh. is that Just between when us. you're young, you're influenced by film. And that brings me to today. I'm worried about the young that watch some of the film today because the violence, the killing, the blood, the body parts flying all over is making them numb to the idea. In my day, if they ever showed that, we'd be shocked. We could, we'd be mortified. We couldn't deal with it. We'd turn away. But the kids today, when the head's blown to pieces, they go, yeah, yay, great. <laughs> and that frightens me because film... And actors are very influential. As you said, I mean, they influenced my life. I, my mother was a movie actress, uh, Jenny Gabriel, and I wanted to be in film. So that's my little story. Not that anybody gives a crap. but Actually, though, Ron is a Turner classic movie uh, like Die Hard. He had a show in California called Set the Record Straight. It was a TV talk show where he interviewed all the legends of Hollywood. Every big star uh, from Lauren Bacall to Cliff Robertson to Tab Hunter to Tony Curtis. You'll know, you know who all those people are, right? Because you're a... He bought the car from Tony Curtis's TV show, that early TV show. Tony had a TV show when? Tony Curtis, yeah, early in the 50s. My grandpa and him were really good friends. In fact, Tony Tony called him to do the trapeze movie. My grandpa couldn't do it. Um, yeah. And Tab Hunter, he did he did a film called um, Lust in the Dust with Tab Hunter. That's right. I love Tony. Out of all of my interviews, when people say, who was your best male interview, I say Tony Curtis. Absolutely. And Jane Russell was my best female interview. The great Jane Russell. My best friend as well. That's how I got my show going. I said, Jane, I want to do a talk show. Would you do it for me for free? She said, honey, for you, anything. So she let me interview her, and I brought it to Time Warner. They loved it, and they threw me on television for four years. Oh, that's beautiful. That's how it happens in our biz. You know that magic. I, I agree with. You. I think uh, people forget that that you know we're kind of like part of a, a giant high school, and um, mm -hmm. you, know, you like to help your buddies out when you can, money or no money. Absolutely. Well, Stephanie uh, Pote was the uh, director at the time of that network, and she loved the show, and she fought for me to get it on. Uh, there was some controversy because the first question I asked Jane Russell was, "What size bra were you in 1940?" And she said, "A 36B." And the network went berserk. Then when I asked her about her abortion and her alcoholism, they really flipped out. And they said, this guy is insane. How does he ask such questions? Meanwhile, I think in like one second, I had over 160,000 hits. You know? <laughs> everybody was calling everybody up saying, listen to this crazy guy. He's asking her, what did you do in 1940 in that Plymouth in the back seat that you got pregnant? Unmarried, and Jane answered all the questions because the show was set but, the record straight. Yeah, the straight. show was called Set the Record and Straight. And if there's anything that you've been written about you that you want to set the record straight, now's your chance. And she said, "I was never a 44 double D. I was a 36 B. That's it." <laughs> that was Jane. So she set that record straight. It was fun. 
Right. Actually, we might, we'll try that. Think about something. If you've got anything you want to yes, set the record you, straight. Yes, make believe. We'll come back to it. No, we'll come back yeah, to it in you a think minute. About think about it. it. Make believe you're on my show, which you may be one day because I'm going back to California to bring this show back. Set the record. Uh, and I'm going to ask you, what record would you like to set straight? What was said about you in your career that's totally a lie? You know, well, people kind of know now, I think. But it's, it's funny because, you know, it... it I mean, Anthony Quinn had that last name already, but so many Latinos in the 50s changed their names to Anglo surnames oh, so, so they could play whatever they wanted to. Uh, Martin Sheen, you know, Charlie Sheen, you know, it, it's, uh, so with me, it's, it's interesting because I had this talk with John Linson, who was one of the creators of Sons of Anarchy. He's Art Linson's son. And um, I've known him for years, but for some reason, this story never hit him until like six months ago when I told him. I said, dude, my birth name is Clifton Craig Collins Jr. He goes, so wait a minute, you changed your name to Gonzalez Gonzalez? I said, yes. He goes, your agents probably hated you. He goes, like, what the fuck? You did just the opposite, whatever. He was like, yes. <laughs> I said, I changed it from Collins to Gonzalez Gonzalez. He goes, why would you do that? I said, honestly, I, I, for one simple reason, just to honor my grandfather. That's it. It wasn't like... To get a hold of the Latino explosion. Well, you, like you look like English with blue eyes, six foot two, and pointy nose. Uh, who's this? <laughs> you, know, you look Latino. Look, I'm Italian. And when I came into business in 19, I was I made my first movie with Sophia Loren and Tab Hunter. And of course, I thought who the hell I was. Like, they never even credited my name on the screen, but I was all upset. And I said, I can't use my real name because I'm from Brooklyn. I'm Italian. It's going to get me in trouble. They're right away going to think I'm a wise guy, you know, mafia type. So I became Ron Russell after Jane Russell, who I was crazy about since a kid. And uh, Jews in those days, Robert Taylor was a Jew. I mean, Barbara. No, Edward Barbara. G. Robinson. I mean, so many Jews were... I love that you know all the older actors, because a lot well, of times we get people on here and they don't no, know. No, 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 stupid people. He's not stupid. <laughs> I could tell right away he's we had it. We've had people, like, he's gone out and talked about film and stuff, and he'll and he's had people actually say they don't know who Barbara Streisand is. No, no, no. And, I said to one guy one time, he was actually actually dumb to what I was saying about everybody, and I was using names like Mae West, Marilyn Monroe. Come on, where the frig are you? I said, you know who Barbara Streisand is? He said, no, but I've heard of her. I thought, you know, go back under your rock, man, and rest. Yeah. But I agree with you. You should not. I, I'm sorry now. I can't go back to my, my real name, but it's, it's Italian. Um, so I, I would like to have. Yes, I agree with what you've done. I agree fully with it. Yes. Respect your background. Respect your blood. Don't Bless be ashamed you. of it. And Hollywood has got to get over that bullshit. That's where it started, though. And then um, I, I was having problems. I was getting IRS notices saying who's, you know, somebody with the name Gonzalez Gonzalez is using your Social Security. So with every check I had to get, I had to send copies of my driver's license, my social. And it started to become a huge hassle. And this is way pre-9-11. And um, I lost my dad when I was doing 187 to a suicide. So it, it kind of had oh, me questioning. Gosh. It had me questioning what I'd done. I know he wasn't happy about me going to Gonzales, Gonzales. Albeit, my father, rest in peace, was never really there for me. He wasn't present the way my grandfather was, nor was he an actor. Was so your I, father Mexican or the other half? The German? Clifton Craig Collins, senior. Yeah, he was blonde <laughs> hair. He looked like Alan Ladd. He was a real handsome yeah. dude, a ladies' man. Sure. And so my, I think my mom held a lot of that against me when he left when I was a kid. And then, um, and then Why I lost. Why did she hold it against you? What did children have to do with that? Uh, I'm sorry? 
What do children have to do with that? He left because no, not because of you. Never think that. I, I agree with you. I totally agree with Your you. Dad uh, loved you. He just had to go. Yeah, well, that was that was later in my, in my life. I was doing a one eight seven with Sam Jackson when I when I lost him. So it was at that time that I thought, fuck, you know, maybe it's time that uh, maybe it's time that I own my own name and live my own my own path. I've already given props to my grandfather for ten years. I continue to do it. Uh, Quentin Tarantino asked me if I'd, I'd change my name to Gonzalez Gonzalez just for the hateful eight. To which I said I absolutely would. That would be just fun. Uh, if there's any other name I ever go back to, it'll be Gonzalez Gonzalez. Now you'll get more work as Gonzalez Gonzalez because Hollywood. No, now he went back to Clifton. You're not listening. No, I know that, but I want to go back to Gonzalez Gonzalez <laughs> because now you know Hollywood goes through like we need ten blacks, we need ten Italians, we need ten Chinese. You know they do that bullshit, and now it's like Mexicans are so pissed off in in film because they're not shown, and when they're shown, they're shown as like oh, oh like stupid people. You know how they portray Mexicans, and anybody that's been to Mexico. Goddamn knows well at Cancun. I mean, please excuse me. You won't find any place better. You know, that's but, uh, that's you will get more work as Gonzalez. Uh, well, I hope my talent gets me my work and not my name. But uh, yeah, but you know, oh, uh, that's true. The, the name the name helps. Look at Whoopi Goldberg. That's not her name. But Whoopi thought she was going to become a Jew because Hollywood is only Jewish. So she became Jewish? a Jew. That's not Goldberg is not Jewish. What the hell have you been? You think I should go Jewish? Oh no 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 no! no. So do you think he should go Jewish? No, he thinks he should go back to Gonzalez. No, Gonzalez. Jewish is over. <laughs> Jewish is over. Jewish was like 10, 20 years, twenty years ago. It was Jewish. I'm now, always open for all kinds of new ideas. So yeah, there you go. I like that you, one. Now you have to be black Mexican. Now the Asians are starting to come into film a lot. If you notice, you're going to see a lot of Asian actors. It's only fair, you know. Hollywood years ago was only like Caucasian people already young, you know. Carrie Grace playing Native American, Chuck yeah, playing all the things. You know, Al Jolson playing black. You know, it, it back in the day, uh, white people played everything, right? You know, Sapata was true. She didn't care. Geronimo. I mean, you name it. No, so, I agree. Hollywood has to be now for everyone because everyone buys a ticket, not just for select few. You don't have to be blonde and blue eyed anymore to be in Hollywood. Which you're a perfect example of it, because like you've got such a phenomenal resume, and I want to talk about one more movie, and then we'll talk about your book uh, oh. that you got coming out. I'm excited about your book. I've been telling everybody about it, and oh, actually, so you have some great promoters on Twitter too. By the way, you have people on Twitter who just like love you so much. They reach anytime I mention you, they retweeted you like all over the world. So I think that's really cool and fortunate that you interact with your fans. Um, so you have a movie coming out. I don't know when it says 2015. It's called Stung, and the reason I'm bringing it up number one is because I used to my my dad raises bees, honeybees. And even though it's about a wasp, you know, like actually you find out in the preview, it's a wasp and not a bee. But also Lance Henriksen, uh, who's been on the show many times, is like one of my favorite actors of all. I'm a horror movie freak. I love horror movies and I love Lance Henriksen. So uh, I know he's not as big as like all, all these superstar A-listers that you've worked with. But for me, he's, he's huge. For me, he's huge. Like for he's me, like that would, out of all the people you've worked with, he would be my favorite one. So tell me, how was working with Lance Henriksen and, and what do you think of the movie? I mean, it's Lance Henderson. It's like, what the fuck? I mean, I, 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 do I need to say anymore, really? It's like, oh, yeah. It's funny. I had a I had a weekend off to be in Berlin. We shot that in Berlin, and I'd never been to Berlin. Well, I went for uh, the premiere of Capote at the Berlin Film Festival. But uh, aside that aside, I'd never had a chance to, to really explore it. But Lance was like, hey, kid, I'm going to go do this signing up in Cologne. You should come with me. They'd love to have you. I dropped your name, and you'll make plenty of this. 
And I get to go at Lance fucking Hendrickson. And I really wanted to check out Berlin, but hell, let me jump on his train with you. So I went with him, made a little coin, got to hang out. It was just, it was a joy. He's like, you know, anytime you get to be mentored by the greats that have been around that are, are, are there to mentor, because some do not like that position, but I, I've found that the majority do. It, it, it's always a, a blessing and an honor and a privilege for me. It's giving back to the trailblazers, the people that have already done it, the people that have survived the ups and downs, the people that made it through the trials and tribulations or, you know, the agent mergers or, you know, the politics. And they're still there grinding. I, I love those people. I respect them so much. Absolutely. So it's such a, a joy for me. I I posted some clips on my Instagram. You'll see you'll see uh, Lance on the train with me. He, he says something wise. I forget what it was. Well, I just started following you on Instagram. Okay, I'm going to go back and look through all of them. What was Redford? What was Redford like to work with? I think he's snobby and very professional and not very friendly. <laughs> um, you know, I think it, it's so the the image that he's created as a result of of Sundance, or maybe not not so much what he's created, but what's kind of it's kind of taken a life of its own. It's, it's hard mm -hmm. to not put him in the position of uh, the great film saver that created Sundance, and we're very fortunate to have something like a Sundance, but that's not a position or a title he always likes to carry. So, you know, a lot of times, like, what do you think, Bob? What do you think's going on? You know, shit was going on, like, ah. He, like, he had some water in his ears because it was raining on me that day, and he was like, Bob, just being zen, Cliffy, just being zen. <laughs> I don't like, think I'd like to have him on my show. I would... I don't think he'd make a very good interview. He hasn't any sense of play, I don't think. I think he'd be very rigid, worried about what he said. Uh, not a good interview. What do you think? I, 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 well, it's different with me because I'm not an interviewer and I'm, I'm more of a, if, if, I'm, if I can call myself a peer, uh, certainly an actor. Absolutely, with, you're a peer. Of course you're a peer. It's, you're it's, hard to, it's, it's hard to even, I, I feel like I'm belittling of, of them when I say I'm a peer because they're my elders. No, 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 that no, makes no, sense. Fame does not make an actor. Fame does not make an actor because I know in my interviewing fabulous, famous people. I won't give the name, but this woman was, my God, one of the most famous women in the world. And she couldn't act her way out of a paper bag. So I could probably use... No, don't, don't, don't use names. That's right. not nice. But I won't. But I work with Lauren Bacall. Now you want to talk about... Oh, my God. How beautiful is she? Oh, she, difficult, nothing with me. She's a dream boat. I sat on her lap. No, I mean, she was one because I couldn't find a chair. She said, come sit on my lap. I wouldn't she, sit on her lap. But she's, until the very end, uh, like a regalness. Uh, uh, fabulous dame. A dame. She's a dame. She's got a dirty mouth. She loves tough guys. She loves gay boys. She's a drinker. She's a cursor. She's a real lady. Uh, she's everything fabulous. And I was so sad when she passed. Now, that's a talent because she's an actress. She I would have. I would have acted gay just for a chance to sit on her lap. Well, I am gay, so it was easy. I didn't have to act. I sat on, on Betty, I called. I said, may I call you Betty? Because all the info do. She said, call me anything, honey, but don't as long as it doesn't start with an F. <laughs> I want you to know, everybody in the chat room says that you have beautiful teeth and what a, what a nice guy you are, first of all. And, oh, sec and, and, like and second of all... Before we before we talk about the book, one more thing. You have a new show you're working on because I saw it on IMDb. It's called West Westworld. Yeah. Oh, is that the movie Westworld? And it looks awesome, like something about an amusement park where you go back in yes. time or something, right? I 73 Michael Crichton film. Yeah. Yeah. They're redoing it? J.J. Uh, Abrams, uh, uh, Jonah Nolan. Uh, the cast is phenomenal. I, like, Ed, I, Hopkins, Ed Harris. 
James oh, Marsden, Tandy Newton, Evan Rachel Wood, Jeffrey Wright. You're killing it, dude. <laughs> that film yeah. is just with the bald guy. What was his name? Uh, Yul. Yul. Yul Brenner did it and the other guy who I know. So it's Bro a movie or a TV show? James Brolin. It's a TV show for HBO. Oh, it's a TV show for HBO. That's awesome. Oh, I can't wait. So it comes out next HBO year. Perfect. HBO brings the integrity. They allow you to, to, to just be yourself. There's no like, there's very little censorship. So you that's. That film. What part do you have? I do a bit of outlawing with Mr. Harris. Oh, that's going to be good. <laughs> I can't say too much about it, but I, I, I got to no, say. You're one of the bad hombres that are chasing the guy around the park. <laughs> well, I'll say this. Yeah. Just tell us what you can tell you. <laughs> I mean, just considering that my grandfather was a, a contract player for Wayne, it, it's amazing it's taken me this long to do a Western. Right. And, uh, I've got my grandfather's gum belt that they're uh, refurbishing for me that I might be rocking in some of the scenes. Um, there's a lot I don't know about it, which is kind of fun too. But mm -hmm. uh, i got to say, it's, it's such a joy just to walk onto this set. It's so easy to just forget life as we know it. It's like, all right, I'm in the rifle, man. Okay, I'm in the Lone Ranger. Okay, I'm in Wild Guns. Okay, I'm in I'm in Westworld. There's right. something so fascinating, and sometimes we shoot kind of far away, so they, they give us a chance to possibly, uh, you know, get get a, a really nice hotel nearby. But my whole thing is like, why can't we just stay in the Western town? This would be a fun. <laughs> <laughs> because the flat doesn't have a room behind it; it's only a flat. Remember that? <laughs> well, they they built they built a lot of these rooms pretty complete. So uh, believe it or not, it's not like Universal Studios where it's all empty behind it. There's like right, like, just the flats. That's it's all practical. Oh my god! So in any case, yeah, and working opposite Ed Harris, I, I got to tell you. I, Truly, we had a few moments recently where I was just, my jaw was on the floor. I'm like, that is the definition of movie magic is what I experienced coming out of those baby blues being shot at me and back and forth. I thought, I know the audience is going to love this, but man, if they could have seen it from here, like yeah. that is movie magic. I looked and I said, Ed, wow, I can't believe I got to experience that thing. Ed's so come a long magical. way from his film, Goldie Horn, called uh, Swing Shift, which was one of his early films. And he was kind of okay, but nobody ever thought he'd be the actor that he's become. Uh, and he certainly has grown into a really good actor. I, I mean, like I Stepmom. Like, I like his work. <laughs> I, I like Stepmom. Ed's, Ed's work a lot. Okay, so now we're going to move forward then, because now we're going to talk about your book. You have a book. I believe it doesn't come out until later this year, right? Uh, November 3rd. It's in pre-sales right now, so you can order your copy. All right, everybody. So this is a really cool concept. This is a book, and the name of the book is called Prison Ramen, Recipes and Stories from Behind Bars. It's by <laughs> Clifton Collins and Gustavo Goose Alvarez, which we want to give a shout-out to Goose. He helped set this interview up. Really cool guy, and, and congratulations. Oh Maybe we'll actually bring you guys back together as a duo uh, when the book comes out, and, and we and we have a copy of it so we can like show everybody, and then we'll do an interview to promote the book just itself because um, I think that would be really cool to do. And um, so basically, it's got. Uh, first of all, the forward is written by Samuel Jackson, who, by the way, I read this article that he is the highest-grossing actor of all time, a, a box office-grossing actor of all time, uh, sure. recently. And, which is really cool that he like wrote the forward to your book. Way to go, kudos! And uh, and who it, says and that America holds back the blacks? That's such bullshit. <laughs> And it's more than 65 ramen recipes and stories from inmates, cooks, and celebrities. And I even like, because like, uh, we have like Slash from Guns N' Roses and Shia LeBeau, who I actually, I don't know actually how you pronounce his last name, but, uh, um, but I like love him as an actor also. 
fantastic. And it's got recipes for ramen goulash, black bean ramen, ramen nuggets. Tell us a little bit about the book and, and how the whole concept came together. Well, the whole concept is actually uh, 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 Gustavo's idea, who, whose nickname has been Goose since we were kids. Um, I actually went to – actually, I was finishing the experiment. We had done okay. – uh, our director had gone out of town for a week because he had a baby. So we were shooting the climax of the movie without a director with uh, Forrest Whitaker and Adrian Brody. And uh, we were doing our riot. We were doing our riot. So I, 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 we had wrapped that day. I went to the production office to get online because I had terrible online where I was. And uh, I'd read, I was like, oh, like, holy shit, there's a riot today in Chino. That's where Goose is at. So I, I tried to get a hold of him, calling his family to find out what was going on. I couldn't get a hold of him for a few days. But as soon as I got home and the prison got off lockdown, I went to go visit him. And in fact, Sam Jackson is one of the people I called and said, hey, if you don't hear from me by the end of the night, come looking for me. Because the prison has <laughs> got off lockdown. So if anybody can get me out, you could. <laughs> so, uh, so in any case, I, um, I sit down with Goose. We sit out on, on the yard for a good... I was probably there for a good six hours, and he pitched me this idea of a cookbook. And the the the, the writing of itself is, uh, and there's more there's more of that story in this book that explains how this came about. But we sat there, and he was like, "I want to want to do something." He goes, "I want to make a cookbook with ramen because it's kind of what brought the blacks and the Mexicans all together after this giant riot." And and Goose uh, Goose got some of the homies to get all their commissary, make a giant spread for all the black guys that were being kept outside. The guards wouldn't let them back in after the riot was over, kind of like punishing them more even though they were freezing to death and were wet and cold and who knows what the hell is happening. So I was like, how else how else can we contribute to this book that's gonna help kids? Yeah, sure you got your little youngsters and you got your kids in college that are gonna know about ramen. Um, but how do we convey a message that's gonna help kids to not come back here? Like how do we add meaning to this? How so this is kind of our, our first in, endeavor together that that's um, contributing to to social change and helping kids um, realize uh, you know, it, you know, you might be cool to hang with your little clique for a minute, but you know, you make one wrong move, and next thing you know, you're looking at a dime, two dimes. And there's those stories in here. There's these stories of being grateful for what you got, and gratitude, and mentorship, and kinship, and and uh, all these fabulous things. And and that brought me to Homeboy Industries, and Father Greg reunited me with him because I first uh, met him when I was at Loyola High School. So Father Greg's program at Homeboy Industries, um, helping at-risk gang youths is uh, an amazing magical place I, I can't tell you the love that you feel when you walk in there it, it's jaw-dropping your heart just like starts to elevate it's uh it's a it's a crazy thing so the fact that we now get to bring about um you know exposure to homeboy hopefully help help some kids out along the way i, I want to start giving some some talks at some of these uh juvenile detention centers and things of that nature and um and now we and proceeds portion of the proceeds go to homeway industries as well Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Well, it's a great thing. You should have a chapter in it. You know, I'm Italian from Brooklyn, and I had a few friends of mine who were accused of laundering money. <laughs> and anyway, they, <laughs> they were innocent. Trust me, they were innocent. And uh, falsely, falsely put in jail. And these three guys had enough dough to pay off everybody, and they left the ugly jail, and they went into one of these soft-time prisons upstate New York. And being three Italian guys, they cooked. I mean, if I tell you they had a kitchen in their cell, they had television, they had broads coming in, booze and drugs. I mean, what a way to do five years. They should have written a book. Now, you have to put, in case you do get arrested and you're innocent, <laughs> pay off everybody and get yourself a soft prison term, and then you could use the recipes from your book. Well, I love 
there's a lot of different ways to acquire these ingredients. Some prisons have uh, little farms. Um, there's a lot of ways of smuggling. There's a lot of there's a lot of detail in this book that um, you know celebrities aside. I mean, Danny Trejo's done quite a a good chunk of time. He did eight years, so his stories were. Uh, I just hey, you know, you know, Uncle Danny. I was like, you know, Danny, I want to get a, a story or two. He's all right, homie, come by, come by. I'll, I'll give you a story and a recipe. And so I started recording him, and next thing you know, I'm like an hour and a half in, and he's like story after story after story, which are just a joy. And you sit there and listen to him for hours on it. But I had to catch up. Actually. <laughs> Yeah, he's a really he's a really like nice guy. I um I used to go to all those conventions, you know, that you did the autograph signings to meet people. I was a celebrity clothing designer, and I would give them clothes, and they would I would start dressing them for appearances and stuff. And uh, he was a he's is as, as, as scary looking as he can be, and he plays all these scary people in movies. Nicest guy ever. He he gives cool back guy. a lot. He gives back to a lot to the community. I mean, sometimes I'll call him and I'll have to hang out because he's going into county to to visit some friends that are down. You know, he's, he's a big part of rehabilitation. He's a big part of, of getting clean. Um, and he's a great example of, of, of rehabilitation and turning around, even though the systems today don't really support rehabilitation. They're more right, geared right. to uh, repeat offending. You should also, you should also do a recipe for very pot with the file inside of it. <laughs> we had, I think, a recipe with the file in it, but we, we took that out. We took out the pruno because we didn't want pruno as a, a great way to get into trouble. Actually, a workman publishing was like, why don't we have a good Pruno recipe? Drinking, like, no. That's how the guys got in trouble in the first place. That's not smart. I mean, we can eat. Actually, I take that back. I think, actually, Goose, just to uh, keep workmen happy, might have came up with a non-alcoholic Pruno, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I'm comfortable you are on our show. That makes me feel so good because Jimmy and I made you comfortable. We didn't make you feel uncomfortable. It's not a talk show. We're a conversation show, by the way. We don't ask those stupid questions. Why did you do this? Or, did you know, stupid, boring bullshit questions we just get into it we find out who you are what you're all about because that's what our fans want to know they know your film work they see you up there but they don't know you and now i don't think a lot well, hang on now they're getting to know you and they're gonna love you they're all you're, loving it because you're a nice guy so now we've sent them your personality as a person that's gonna skyrocket you my friend because you i feel like you're my buddy already you're a nice guy well that's you know a warm people come on please give me a break and now everybody knows that you've got this book coming out. So, like, if they want to, first of all, if they want to pre-order the book, okay, where do we go to pre-order the Prison Ramen book? Actually, in the chat room, they put a picture of it up, too. Um, <laughs> They're uh, all my fans. I love you guys. You guys rule. Um, so where, where do we send them to, to pre-order the book that comes out in November? Uh, actually, there's a link on my Twitter page. If you go to at C. Collins Jr., so you guys got to follow tw follow him on Twitter. It's C. Collins Jr., which, like he just said. <laughs> and uh, if you click I, it, it has I a like link. Gonzalez better. It has a, it has a link. happy with the Collins. It has a link on it. And also, if you guys go to CliftonCollinsJr.com, if you want to read more about his grandfather, he's got all kinds of information and movie clips and stuff from his grandfather that I found to be fascinating. Uh, so you can go to CliftonCollinsJr.com, follow him on Twitter, and then right after his name, it talks about all the things he does. There's a picture of prison ramen in the back, and it has a link that you can actually pre-order the book comes out on november 3rd 2015 and um you could be colin gonzalez it's clifton is his first name. i know but get rid of clifton that was clifton webb he could be colin <laughs> he could be colin colin c-o-l-i-n gonzalez he could, or he could just I like stay, the Gonzales. or he could just stay Clifton Collins Jr. And, yeah, but he don't look uh, like a Collins. He looks like a Gonzalez. <laughs> I'm gonna start getting those IRS notices, and those are no. Oh, the IRS. They're so. Isn't that terrible? Anyway. It's too bad that that's something that you have to like, like even contend with. But okay, so too. 
<laughs> oh, actually, there's pictures in the. Who is this in the chat room? I, I think that Roxana in the chat room is actually Goose because, like, there's a dude. <laughs> he have like a little beard and like uh, he has a Raiders cap on, like a full man, and he's holding beard. the book. So would that uh, be like? Does that sound like Goose? Not not Roxana. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's just the name. He probably doesn't know how to oh, change the name oh, in the be, thing. Might be Goose. Always have trouble with that. No, I don't mean he's Roxana. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think that's Goose though. Shame. <laughs> hey Goose, what's up? Say hi to Goose because I'm pretty sure that's him. <laughs> yeah. Hey Goose, is that you? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's Goose because he's holding the book and like how many people would have a copy of the book? Drag, uh, he forgot to shave, so Roxanne <laughs> shave. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> All right, so 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 you and Goose have been friends for a long time, and like, what? Do you have a recipe in there like that you liked? Did you try any of these recipes? You know, uh, I ended up eating some of the the dishes just because we ended up me and Esteban Oriol. Um, who's a badass photographer. He, he literally shoots all the dirty, gritty L.A. stuff that nobody else can shoot. We had so many ramens that we were shooting that it, after a while, you just start eyeballing the ramen. You got to eat it. It's just kind of hard to say no after a while. So I just kind of ate what we were making right there. I never actually – Goose has eaten all of these, and Danny knew most of these recipes. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've had that one. Oh, I love that one, bro. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> You know, he's going through. I said, yo, Danny, do you still uh, – one of the things that's been really fun about this is to see how many of my friends that are now like – you know, they're established uh, musicians or artists or directors. They – how much they still light up when you mention ramen. Like there's such a, a nostalgic – maybe it's the struggle. Maybe it's remembering what it was like back then that makes them reflect fondly and, and they get all excited. So I asked Danny, I said, Danny, I said – I've been starting to eat ramen again. I said, do you, do you still eat ramen? He goes, hey, bro, come here, come here. He takes it to his kitchen, opens up a drawer. He's got stacks of all jalapeno-flavored ramen neatly placed in order, like like metrically, so tight. Just a stack. I was like, holy what, shit. What? Whole you drawer. Even, you, even, you even said it at the beginning, though. Like, kids know it and college students know it. Because I can remember in college, like, I had... I ate it all the time because I didn't have any money to eat. And so, like, when I was in school, I ate it all the time. And then I didn't really ate think about what? it. Ramen noodles. And then I What's that? That's what, the, that's what the whole book's about. I know, but he's talking about it. I don't want to interrupt him. I have no idea what he's talking ramen. about. They're like noodles. They're really inexpensive for people who basically Rama? like ramen noodles. What are they? What are ramen noodles Dog made shit? out of? I mean, no. like Japanese. Like, like Japanese noodles or Chinese noodles. Yeah, they're, they're anyway, everybody noodles. eats them. When you don't have money, you eat it. And, and it's funny because it got brought back into the limelight lately. I don't know if you watch Orange is the New Black, but Orange is the New Black, they're always like fighting over the ramen noodles uh, like at the commissary. I got a few stories from. We picked one, great one, but uh, Taryn's a dear, dear friend. Um, we, go, we go back, and uh, she gave me a sweet story. Okay. I'm Italian. Wait, wait, who, did you say, wait, wait, did you say Taryn Manning? Taryn Manning, who's on Orange <laughs> is the New Black. I know. She's, she's been on the show. We've had she her on the show. Oh really? Oh damn! Yeah, I tried to put her. Nice. I tried to put her music out. You know, I I like work for the Spectrum Music Group. It's like the largest independent record label in the world, and um, and so I tried to put her music out, but she already had like a deal with you know, somebody else. You know, she's really pretty. She's out of awesome. Costume. And pretty, she's really talented. I like her a lot. Yeah, she was fabulous. She was a great guest. We had yeah, a great time. She with was her. like you, friendly and real and warm. You know, an actor that's not neurotic for a change. So wait, what did she tell you though? Give, give us a story. Um, gosh, I'd love to. She gave us three stories. We only picked one. Um, you're gonna have to get the book. I hope they don't leak it out. It's a good one though, and it's okay. sweet. I love oh, yeah, it. That's right. That's right. We want people to buy the book. If you guys want to hear the Taryn Manning story, you gotta Read like the buy book. the. You gotta buy the book. <laughs> don't you dare! So, so blessed. So lucky to have so many of my friends in this one. And 
and we've already we've I've already got people asking me about a secondary book. Like Wahlberg was was we were trying to hook up to get his story, and Snoop wanted to give me his story. There's so many people I just didn't get to around this time to to make the deadline on this one. Maybe but I'm still blessed for the people I do have. Actually, too, if you want to do an audio book, I have an audio book company called Beacon Audio Books. We did Matthew Modine's book for Full Metal Jacket, and. Uh, we do a bunch of really great books, so like I'll, I'll email you the link later. You can just check it out and see because if you want to turn it into an audio book, that's something we could do too. Or you could even narrate it. People would buy it more if you narrated yeah, it. Yeah, I would like him to narrate it. <laughs> he has a nice, you have a nice voice, and you express yourself the way the book would probably talk. I love it. So You're, so, you're not a pussy when you speak. You're tough. I like that. So let's go back to everybody. All right, everybody, so listen up. Follow at C. Collins Jr. on Twitter. Hit the link, and you can pre-order Prison Ramen. Check out his website, Clifton Collins Jr. Dot com read about his great grandfather his his great Grand, yeah no his no, great grandfather my great grandmother was a dancer for Pancho Villa oh I meant to say great grandfather kind of like because your grandfather's like great I didn't mean it like right. as great grandfather <laughs> my great my great grandmother was actually Apache and Spanish and uh, did, did every does everybody know that Rita Hayworth was Mexican yes well I do not many. <laughs> Not many, not many. Well, I do. Also, and she couldn't use her real name, which was Consuela. Oh shit! What was her last name? Moreno. Something like that. Consuela. Something. They made her Rita Hayworth, like English Hayworth. What Hayworth? All Back right. Then they did that. We gotta get rolling. So also, you guys check. I don't know Wait, if this Ivan movie. Carlo was also Mexican. I don't know if this movie's gonna be any good, but you want to see Stung with Lance Henriksen, and then you can see Clifton with long hair, really long hair, because he's got really long hair in it. And if he's got a new movie coming out, Westworld on HBO next year, we want to make sure you watch that. And if you want to go back and you're a Clifton Collins Jr. fan, or you're just meeting him now, but you haven't seen Mindhunters, it's on Netflix. So you definitely want to watch Mindhunter and watch Pacific Rim, just because it's badass and it has great toys. And um, we want to also. I got Triple Nine coming out next year. Oh, and Triple Nine. Okay, Triple Nine is coming out. It's a badass of a movie. It's a beast. Triple Nine and and Man Down with Shia and Gary Oldman. Oh, that's a good one, too. And you know, if you get a Roku, you could watch Netflix and you could watch his film. And then you you could go to LGBT TV and you could watch our TV show. There you go. You got it. You know, you'll be on our TV show in the fall. A couple of weeks, yes. We're shooting now for. Oh, you should get a Roku. You'd like it. Oh, oh, you like Apple? We're going to assume we're problems. So many problems. I got three Apple. On Apple. Yeah, the Apple TV is not as good as the Roku, but soon we're going to be on Apple, Google, and Roku TV. So but. all you do is go to LGBTQ and look for the Jimmy Star Show, and there we are. And you'll Your be show on won't be up till the fall, though. That's our new season. We're on <laughs> our second or third. What third season or second? Second. Second season. Anyway. You guys check out all his stuff, buy his book. We want to give a special shout out to, I want to get Gustavo Goose Alvarez. I just called him Goose because he told me to call him Goose. So Goose, really cool guy. Uh, we wish both of you guys all the luck in the world with the with the book and congratulations on your career. And when the book actually comes out, we'll have both of you guys Skype in together and we can do a group oh, yeah. show. Or can, if you're visiting him or whatever, we'll work something out so you can both come on the show. We can promote it. We want to thank you for coming on the Jimmy Star Show. You've been ace, dude. Totally rocked Great it. guy. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more of your work. And if you do something I don't like, I'm going to tell you i i love hearing it i learn more from I, I i don't i don't pull punches everybody knows that i blow smoke up no one's ass and if i say it it's true i never lie and if i think you stink in the pot i'm gonna say hey babe what happened I, i'm what you stopped doing that, drugs that day i mean <laughs> i learn more from the people that don't like what i do than i do from the yes people i don't really learn much i hate yes people, people. Yeah, they don't, think we don't you're like that fabulous either. you're gorgeous you i was in a piece of shit movie i can't keep saying that the 
producers are going to hate me. I just finished the film where I played a nasty Brooklyn no, don't cop. Don't talk about what you did. Just say you didn't okay. like it and why. And uh, everybody, oh, it was fabulous. It was the dog of dogs. It was the worst piece of crap that was ever. And it, has it has like 40 great reviews on IMDb, but the reviews are from all the people that are in it. <laughs> <laughs> one re one re and here's where I was insulted. One reviewer said, "This man gathered everybody in the town. No one was an actor, and put them in the film. And here I am, a veteran actor of 52 years, and they put me in there because I said <laughs> I never worked before. I was an amateur. I could have killed myself. <laughs> it was terrible, but." But everybody, get Prison Robin Clifton. You've been a been a been a sheer pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show, and we really appreciate it. And congratulations on such a stellar career, dude. You rock. Right. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. All right. Take care. Thanks. Bye bye. I know. Bye guys. What a nice guy he is. We kept him on. Only gonna have him on for like a half an hour, and that was like a long time. Yeah, but right? he's such he's a, good a good guest. guy. I could have done. Chad, what did you think? That was badass, wasn't it? That's pretty cool. Another one under the belt. Yeah, he's, a, he's, uh, a, he's a good when, one. When you get the good ones, you roll. When you get the, the horrors that you want to beat the shit out of, it's a nightmare to interview them. And he's worked with every every single freaking... He's worked with almost every major person, and he he has great roles. Mike. He works with the best people. So, Chad, let's do a music break, um, uh, and let's play... What did I have first on our list, Chad? How about... How about let's do uh, Change Nothing to Lose by L.A. Davis. Let's do it. Hey, Sharon Leah. I haven't heard ballroom. <laughs> Inside, lights are hurting my eyes again. Like a cat with nine lives, dodge cars as they drive. Saying to myself, Where are my friends? Where are my friends? Gotta get myself home Didn't think I'd be alone again Disconnected My body's rejecting All the hell I've subjected it to start again But I'm ruled by the moon And I'm still confused Gotta trust that there's nothing to lose Nothing to lose There's nothing to lose There's nothing 
nothing to lose change nothing to lose it's awesome available worldwide now everywhere you go and now we want to welcome our hollywood vixen what's up hi what's going on everybody how you doing she's channeling her inner channeling my inner lady davis no i'm channeling my inner great gatsby going to play uh what cricket 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 tennis uh wait what's that stupid game badminton i love badminton i'm great at that they all saying yes. hi to you. So. Hi, everybody in the chat room. What's going on, Sharon? Leah, Lady Lake, Jimmy, Miss Goddess. The whole game. Who is Miss Goddess here. in real life? I don't know if Goddess is really a guy, a girl, you? or what? She's a friend of Mac, on Rebel. Facebook. Is she a Chase. pole dancer at some she's nightclub? A, yeah. she's, a, she's your friend on Facebook. I don't know who she is, Jimmy. Yes, I've never do. heard of her. Goddess. Goddess, send him a message when you're no, on Goddess Facebook. No, Goddess, I friended her because I don't know why. I liked her name. She's always on here. She, she said, I added you guys. I don't I know. I have who no you are idea who Goddess is. I've never met her. I've never I have known to find her. Out I know, who but you, you know are. Because she's your Facebook friend. Hi, you Mac. look at her profile and it tells you all about her. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it Change. does. No, it doesn't. Change. I'm friends with her. I know what, what she looks like. I, I nice. Facebooked her. She was Hi, Chad. Like, What's up, Chad? Hello, hello. I love the change. That, <laughs> that was a good one, Chad. I like that. <laughs> Chad is pretty good. Yeah, you have a nice voice. Hey, hey, you three, we have Luke calling in. Want me to take it? Oh, yeah, let's go ahead and take it and we'll. That was so And early. we'll have him okay. we'll get him coming on in. That's good. I have to fix this. There you go. Uh-oh. Uh, I don't see a picture though. Oh, oh no. We yeah. on video chat? Here we go. Yeah, hit okay. that video icon again, Lou, please. Hit the video icon, Lou. Uh, I see y'all. Uh go to ITV there we on go. top. There go. Oh wait, here we go. Here we go. Chewing in your ear, Lou. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Are y'all there? Welcome to the crazy. All right. How's my hey. Welcome to the mental ward. Hello. <laughs> so everybody, welcome Lou Temple to the Jimmy Star Show. New. Yay. So excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Jimmy. It's it's been a minute and um I uh I'm so excited to be here. Thanks thanks for inviting me and I uh I always wear your shirt. I think I sent you a picture. That was the Mississippi yeah. That was the Mississippi River I was standing in in that mud with your shirt. Brightfully 
bursting in 120 degrees in Mississippi. Hey, guys, actually, you guys, Ron that, and I. That shirt's got to smell real Ron. good. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's still in the Mississippi. That shirt's down the bottom of the Mississippi somewhere at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, everybody, uh, first of all, let me introduce you. You've met Ron because you met him at the convention when you Absolutely. met me. Absolutely. Do you remember? Yeah, man. And then we've got Deirdre Sarego, our Hollywood Hi. vixen. So nice to see you, Deirdre. How are you? I'm doing lovely. And you? Yeah, I'm great. Thank you. I see your uh, fantastic uh, backdrop, which is much better than mine. I'm, I feel like if I were to take you outside into the resplendent beauty of Los Angeles that we'd get blown out with a lot of sun. But Yeah, that's okay. You're fine. You can go okay. either way. We're okay. You're okay. We can see. Look at you. got a haircut. First of all, let me introduce you to Chad. Chad, say hello to Lou. I guess you met the other day. Hey, Lou. We thanks did. for taking the time, buddy. Welcome to the show. It's my pleasure. Thanks for setting me up, Chad. You were uh, instrumental in this Skype conversation. Thanks, this is sir. never as easy as people think. We there got go. it. We did and it. We have a chat room full of people, so say hey to everybody in the chat room. Oh, hey, how's everybody? How's the audience today? I always refer to the audience as opposed to fans because I think they're so uh, in, symbiotic in the in in what happens. So I uh, a lot of respect and love to the folks in the chat room. There you go. And like you just did, you just get a haircut recently. I did. I did. I cut all my hair off. Uh, I had a particular role that I was. Uh, working on and they said look would you mind and I said you know it's summertime and I um my hair is starting to wear me so I, I did I, I whacked it all off how's that I like it it looks good you should have thank charged you them. you know years ago if they if you had to cut your hair short you, you could charge them studios had to pay you for cutting your hair off I forgot I think it was Victor Mature do we somebody. get stipend I think I think we do I know for like costumes and stuff you get a stipend you, you yeah yeah, but years ago, if you had to cut there, your hair, it's like women. There are, there's occasion. You know what? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll be honest with you, Ron. Um, I've been uh, approached on a couple of instances to cut my mustache, so which which is technically hair, and um, uh, that's going to cost you a little. Uh, so <laughs> no, I, I have I have built that into my uh, my my rider. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> Jane Russell was making a movie with Jeff. Uh, Jeff, what the hell was his name? Oh my God, Jeff! Oh, I can't think of it now. Isn't this ridiculous? Handsome movie actor, and uh, they, they want Jeff. What the heck is his name? The tall, good-looking guy. Uh, Goldblum. What, what, what era are we talking? Nineteen fifties, nineteen fifty-eight movie. It was uh, called Foxfire. With uh, I know everything but his name, and he's a big star, major star. Anyway, they wanted her to cut her hair very short because the role called for it. And Jane said, well, couldn't we do a wig? And they said, no, because the wigs will never look real. Well, they cut her hair, and she got paid for it, and then she had to wear wigs for a very long time until her hair grew back to her normal state. Um, I think that's where I got the story from, Jane ah. Russell. Yeah, so, no, it, it, it is an issue. And, sorry, and people, people will want to... Uh, Talk about the idea of, of, well, they can put hair on you or put a wig on you. And that is true. And, and they've never been better. But that is an expense that a lot of productions don't really have budgeted. It, it takes time. And, and the people that do that to make it look real uh, are, are pricey, as they should be. And the material is pricey, as it should very, be. So Wigs, yes. Yeah, wigs, facial hair. You know, all of a sudden to put a beard on me and a mustache, that's another three hours in the chair that I'm not on set 
which yeah. then is three hours of overtime they've got to make up somewhere or they've got to call me in early to have that done, which means I have to be released early. Uh, it, it starts to be an issue and um, people don't think that's the case, but I, believe me, uh, I've experienced it more times than, than I'd like to. But it's a, union that, it's a union that protects you. Can you imagine if it wasn't a union, how they would take advantage of you? If there wasn't a union, I would be, um, uh, I would, I'd be making my own movies, I suppose. I'd be in this room right here with lights and cameras and, and, uh, <laughs> Because uh, I couldn't afford to do it otherwise. No, I'm a firm believer in the union, in the movie union, in SAG, because it does uh, help the actor. Look at the retirement you have. In a retirement home, you get a good pension, whereas other fields, you do, I mean, hairdressers get nothing. Yeah, these hairdresser things, live. It's, it's amazing. And as much as anything, the, uh, the health insurance is... Mm. Uh, you know, it's phenomenal, it, and, and I've never replaced the health insurance for myself or my family that uh, that that were provided by SAG. So, yay SAG! Right, we are set. We, we so, like SAG. I, I agree. Yay SAG! So, everybody, first of all, you guys, for people tuning in, and, and maybe uh, if you don't know a lot about Lou Temple, he's been in a ton of stuff. But one thing you'll definitely know him from if you're a horror fan is The Walking Dead. He was actually on The Walking Dead, and. Uh, uh, I was so excited to like see like how many great things you've actually been a part of since The Walking Dead. So you had some great stuff before it, and now you're just like taking off, dude. Like you're like a, like becoming a superstar. So congratulations. Oh, it's very kind of you to say, and thank you. And you know, I I don't think any of us. I think if Andrew Lincoln was on your show or Norman Reedus, and and I'm sure they have been or they will be, they would say the same that the visibility and the popularity of The Walking Dead has totally caught everyone off guard. I mean, I, I think the the effort that is put forth to the work and the delivery of, of the program uh, speaks for itself, but how it's landed, I think, is a, is a, a cultural phenomenon. And uh, I think we're all gushing over how blessed we are to have been part of it or to still be part of it. And uh, and I don't take for granted at all um, how it's it's touched the audience. So um, I'm I'm very grateful to have uh, had my run as Axel on The Walking Dead. Absolutely. We actually a couple of weeks ago had Ross Marcon Marcan. I don't know how you pronounce it on yeah. the show. And he plays the gay guy on there, uh, the out gay guy on The Walking Dead, the first one. Yeah. He was super terrific, and and he said the same thing. Like just to be a part of it is just such an amazing thing, and. And it really does like get you noticed even more, which I want to like say congratulations with all of that. And I also, because I looked on your IMDb and you just did a movie called The Grace of Jake, or I don't know if you have just did it or you're still doing it. Um, uh, but I, I have, think it seems exciting I, because it's got Michael Beck from Warriors, which is like a, one of my favorite like 80s movies, and Jordan Sparks from American Idol, which is very diverse cast of people. It's so delightful. This movie is a real feel-good home fun, honest story about a small town. I love, I love to introduce it do you, as, as a spinoff of a boy named Sue. Do you remember that, that oh, song, yes. Ron? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, he was upset with his father. And at the end of the, you know, his life search was to find his father and, and, and beat the hell out of him for naming him Sue. And, and this is the same story. Jake has come to this small town to find his father and kill him 
because he is uh, has abandoned his mother and Jake, and Jake turned out to be no good, but his mother was an angel who ended up with two lousy men in her life, like so many angels. And, um, and he comes to know his father, played by Michael Beck, who is fantastic. Jake is also played by uh, Jake Labatz, who's, for, if you don't know him, he is, you should. He's a fantastic blues, Americana, Woody Guthrie-type musician who is also a very skilled actor, so a lot of talent. They come to know each other, father and son, typically. They're very much alike. They're the same dude, and he can't, he can't kill his father. So then it becomes this whole town is watching, hey, he's going to kill his dad, he's going to kill his dad, <clears throat> but he can't because he loves his dad, and his dad loves him, and his dad makes no apologies for being the man he is, and Jake comes to terms with that. And right in the middle is, is lovely Miss uh, Jordan Sparks, who, as you know, is delightful and has such a uh, personality. It was great for her to be able to not be Jordan Sparks in this movie, uh, which I think is always fantastic for us. Uh, what I like about what I do, uh, Jimmy, is that I, I can chameleon, if you will. Like, yes, I'm Lou Temple, but I'm also a little piece of these other people. Sometimes when you're Jordan Sparks and you've had that much attention as that person, it's hard to let not be John Wayne in a movie, right, Ron? I mean, you know, it's it's hard to kind of um, get buried in the character. And so she was able to do that with this movie. So that, that, that was a, a delight. That's like her first role, too. I think, though, that is gives her that opportunity because most of the time she plays music roles. And yeah, I think it's, first film. This is, uh, this hey, is different. I think it's the first film ever made that deals with patricide. I mean, I don't think there's a other... I mean, the first one that he was talking about? The film that he's talking about, Killing Your Father's Patricide. Oh. So yeah. I don't think there's ever been a film... We had matricide in Psycho, but we've never had patricide. Hmm. So yeah. it's got to be an original film. Interesting to see. I'd like to see this film. Yeah, it, it all out? happens in a small town in Arkansas. in um, Present in day? Forest City. It's down in the south, and there's a lot of homespun. It's very colloquial. Um, and yet there's such charm to it, and there's, there's a throwback. You know, I'm very interested in the concept that um, – with all of our social media and all of our uh, access to information through the internet and opportunities like this, uh, are we still attached to behavior and emotion? And I think ultimately we are. It's just so different. And it, it you know, if someone says something bad about you on Facebook, it hurts. Just as if someone might say something bad about you on the schoolyard, that hurt too. And maybe it's not so different. So these take those issues and hold them in the time capsule of what they are, humanity. And so I appreciate that. That's cool. Well, I'm gay, so I know what that bullshit's all about. <laughs> I've heard it all my life. Now it rolls off my back. Whatever people say, they say things about me. I say to myself, blow it out your ass. I'm a star. You know, <laughs> you know that's the point. I just, I, I just move on like, you know, please give, give me a break. What are you doing? You're cleaning the streets. You know, how dare you even speak to me? I get this arrogant, queenie attitude. But it I works. Feel like, it. I feel like, you know, that that things haven't changed. You know, they, they're just rearranged. You know, right. we 
Yeah. We didn't change the furniture. We just moved it, Ron. That's all. I agree, and, I agree uh, with that. But that, you know what? It depends on the circles you travel. I find that Jimmy and I are on the road a lot with a lot of the work that we do. And certain places that we go to, I see the homophobia and I feel it and I know it exists. And then other places, it's just wonderful. It doesn't happen. So it's really the... Uh, uh, narrow-minded little towns of people who have not been exposed to the real world. They've only been exposed to each other's tractors and yeah. each other's, you know, pickup trucks. Actually, where, where are you actually from with your accent? Yeah, because I hear a Matthew You're McConaughey. I hear Ar Arkansas. Texas. Texas. Uh, well, uh, Louisiana originally, New Orleans, which, as you know, is a fantastic I, town. But, no, but a I, lot of No one has an accent in New Orleans. You're oh, the yeah, they do. oh yeah. yeah, they do. Yeah, oh, yes. Well, their accent, their accent oh, yeah. is a, a bit more like a Brooklynese. So, so yeah. uh, getting well, back to geez. my transition would be into Texas then, coming here for a lot of years in Texas, so much more Texas. When I was but a New Orleans accent might be a little bit more like, how you mama them with that? Where you at? You yeah. between the air and the T. Yep. If I don't see you tomorrow, hello today. You know. So it very much sort of New York, Brooklyn. And the thing about in New Orleans, the thing about it is you've got to speak really fast because the minute you take a breath, that guy right in front of you is going to start talking. You're not going to be able to get a word in edgewise. So you say as much as you can when you've got time to say it. Not unlike y'all in New York. That is well, true. I speak Brooklynese and I refuse to change it. You know, see people say go to speech classes and learn to get rid of your accent and I said no it's part of my personality it's part of who I am what? if I spoke correctly I wouldn't be me anymore so yes. I like who I am and I love my Brooklyn accent because it's adorable that's, I think that's great so we'll still, are we still holding on to our character you know our like for me I get hired a lot for the exact same thing I get hired for that little je ne sais quoi, that little spice, that, that little thing that I do. And I feel like when I watch people, uh, I, I can't discern what they do. I couldn't tell you what Ryan Gosling does. Love him to death. Love him. So but, does Deirdre. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe what he does is the smolder. But I could tell you what Cary Grant did. I Absolutely. could. I, I could tell you what uh, Robert Mitchum did or Warren Oates, oh. one of my favorite. You know, I could I, I, I know those characters, but are we still holding on to our character traits? Well, you know, you keep you, you hold what gets you work. I played a priest once and it was a Brooklyn priest. So I guess that's it. I played a cop just recently and he was a Brooklyn cop. So I can't get away from the Brooklyn tough guy role, which right. is OK because I'm comfortable with it and I like it. But I could also play a flying fag. I could play somebody that's English. You do English. that in your regular life. I mean, <laughs> so why'd you marry me? Because I like flying uh, fag. Oh, <laughs> well, I'll say this. I the more I do this, the more I am of the mind, and I would offer this. This might not be what an acting coach would offer, but I would say uh, work on your strengths. They're what got you there and are going to get you there. No one's ever going to hire you on your weakness. You can, you, you can, I will never be hired as a black guy, nor as a woman. I can work on it all till the day ends, and I will be hired as a southern colloquial guy yeah. and a, a squirrely little hyper rat, and that's my gig. So I'm not a big buyer in building my repertoire to include a perfect British accent to go over and swing at those roles because 
they're going to hire Brit. Yeah. You know, I would never want to play a school teacher with eyeglasses who was timid and weak. I would be unhappy with the role. I wouldn't feel comfortable with it. But anything that's powerful, anything, I could be a, uh, now I'm too old, but I could have been a general in the army, anything that's a powerful role. I'm kind of like a Barbara Stanwyck, a male Barbara Stanwyck. You know, Barbara Stanwyck in every single movie had her moments where she'd scream, yell, and throw things and punch people around. And that was Barbara Stanwyck. So I feel I have that same kind of personality. I don't think I could ever play uh, the sweetie little man. I, I like being the hard guy, the tough guy, the big mouth. What I got you. you. You like those roles too? I, I like um, I, I like a role, uh, and, and again, I was just talking with a friend of mine today, Jake Busey, as a matter of fact, and we were, we were talking about work that we had done and work in the 80s and the 90s and today's work, which – you know, if one thing is constant, and you know that all three of you know this, the only thing that's constant is is change. And our theater environment, our entertainment environment is, is just constantly changing and, and quicker than ever. So uh, I think what we did in the 90s for our work and the efforts that we put forth to land, like in an audition, go in and really, you know, present this this role I think that doesn't have as much a place today as fitting in seamlessly into um, into the work I think everyone's looking to sort of just blend in into real good mediocrity and so uh, you know big fancy Gary Oldman style big performances I don't think show up as much today as they used to does that make any sense Deidre do you think or yeah, I mean, I, I think it's more about um, the regular performer. Um, I think it's more about the character performer. I think people really want to see, um, as far as as acting skill, they really want to see more character work. You don't think everybody just wants CGI? Well, yeah, that's. I mean, that's another thing that I was I was I was going to go into. It, it seems like there's no there's less and less storyline and less and less character development. That is giving the actor the actual runway to go and complete this 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 character, the the transformation, the changes right. in the character. I feel like it's more, it's compartmentalized into little tiny characters. You have to be these character actors, and you have little mm -hmm. bits and pieces of it. But there's really no longevity in a whole entire start to finish of arcs. Yeah, yeah, it's That's it's all blow up. Screaming, yelling, CGI, action pack, shooting, muscles, a bright smile, and then the funny yeah. carrot guy, the hoo, 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 or the slutty slut girl. You know, it's yeah. just like there's where's where's the meat? It's all bullshit trimmings. There's no but there's no meat. There's left. no beginning, middle, or end to film today. Years ago, they had a beginning, a middle, and an end. Now the films they don't make any you sense. You have to go to art 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 noir, art house films, independent films. You know, low, no budget films. I hate to say it, but those are the ones that are really giving a turkey. You know, it's giving turkey and the trimmings. I find all these blockbuster Hollywood bullshit, majority of them are just the trimmings without the turkey. Absolutely. And I want the whole kit and caboodle. I mean, for yeah, although, an actor, that's not challenging. I mean, character wait, although, acting is fun. Although but, you do get a film that, that Mir puts out. And, and yeah, you'll get every Helen, now and then. You know, Helen does the <laughs> films. That, Helen Mia does wonderful films. Yeah. And, and the other, Judy Dench, uh, all English gals. But you will get quality work from them. 
they are they are they're and only you will get quality, quality work from from the other ones i find they but they've got to be like independent films they're they're not your typical you quote-unquote mainstream did you see the movie with blake lively the last movie she did oh, the age uh, of adele is it a day age of adeline uh, i didn't see that but i heard really great things about great, it and it, did, it, was it did terrible at the box office it didn't really make any money because but it was a nobody, fabulous nobody movie exploded <laughs> nobody went burst into it flames. was really great though I heard really great things about it. And she's clearly very talented. And I, I think that um, I think it might go in cycles. I think we're going to come back to good work. We've got such opportunities to tell stories with our, our streaming or our, our digital networks nowadays. And story um, storytelling is not so much about selling dishwashing detergent on network television as it used to be and and we can do more on all forms of media like hulu netflix hbo showtime those stories true detectives and madman game of thrones walking dead these stories are being told with um a lot more gusto and less restraints than maybe what the networks had had on them previously so i think there's a lot of opportunity but i think it, it continues to take courage to go outside of the the norm or the box to do so and to get away from cgi and to get away from big splashy um uh, uh fantasy we're really in a fantasy age right now with these comic book world uh yeah too much stories I, telling. I, lo- I love the comic book stories but i too also much. like the age of adeline i thought it was like in a fabulous movie so i kind of like both those What's are great opportunities to to really see. I think if a story's great, you know, it gets back to look. Once upon a time, it doesn't change from bedtime to around the campfire to in a classroom. Your second grade teacher reading it. Uh, it gets back to that. It, and when this all goes down the grid, or God forbid, we're going to be around the campfire, and there'll be someone saying, "Once upon a time," and we'll be engaged in listening and involved in telling the story right Ron. well we have more people today in the acting field than ever since it was invented since the first camera was rolling uh, everybody wants to be in the business the unfortunate part is we don't have studios to groom us and make us fabulous actors and keep us on the payroll working in various films also the cgi has cut down the ability for an actor to act i mean a, a superstar is paid $20 million for 12 minutes of work, which I think is ridiculous. And the work stinks. It's not even good work. So we're going to really have to say to Hollywood, hey, listen, boys, let's get it together. Let's get a really... Oh, Arlene Dahl, who I interviewed for my TV show, said to me, Ron, I have so many good friends in Hollywood that are writers and they're losing their homes because they can't afford their mortgages. No one's hiring them. And they've got great stories. I'm sure you've heard this. How many writers are out west walking the streets with fabulous stories? But the producers don't want to do it because it's not going to be the mega blockbuster with the big dollar. Mm. So that's the sad part. Actually, wait, 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 hang one minute. Years ago, Hollywood studios were held by men, human beings, people. Today, they're corporations, as we well know. Look at Disney. Disney owns everything. Half of Disney puts out is garbage. But, you know, what are you going to do? How can we change it? What would you do to change it? Well, I think I would go back to giving um, giving the craft of storytelling for both writers, actors, directors, producers. I would give their craft back 
and say, look, we're going to subsidize this. We're going to make this. You're going to make a living doing this. This, this is what you do, and you do it really well. Don't worry about what, who comes to see it or what the commerce that it brings. So I might remove the shiny carrot at the end. And I, I feel like if we all were genuinely allowed to do what we do for the reason that we came to do it, then then it would be right, and there would be no fault, there would be no, no agenda. And, said. And also that we all felt with the comfort that we were respected for having done it. You know, way before our time, this was kind of a silly profession uh, in medieval, going around uh, with the wagon and um, being the fop and doing morality plays, but they, they did it. And you know, I'm, I'm sure that being an actor, <laughs> there's a real difference in being a celebrity and being an actor. And, and yeah. no more ever is there a separation been than in today's environment. Now, there's a real confusion as to what a celebrity, I don't think there's any confusion as to what a celebrity is. But I do think there's a confusion as to what an actor may be. Absolutely. And, yeah. and, and you know, uh, when you take Clifton Collins and put him in charge of telling a story and give him the reins to do that without boundaries of product placement. Make sure, Cliff, uh, to get that Coca-Cola can right in frame when you... Isn't uh, that disgusting? I hate that. So... I hate... When you're, when have, you, you allow, have, have you worked with Clifton Collins before? We've, I don't, we've never worked together, but he is... Uh, he's, he's one of my favorite, and he's always... Yeah. Um, He's kind of, uh, he's a great guy, first of all, as you know. He's got an incredible sense of humor. He's a delight. I mean, he's just fun to be with. Oh, but uh, beyond that, he's an uh, amazing monster talent. Who He and John Hawks are two guys that are, I, I sort of ride in their wake, if you will. And I'm always kind of just uh, chasing them. So the roles and the work they're doing, I'm, I'm, I'm not in their dust, but I, 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 I'm swallowing a little bit of it. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest about that. Lou, you sound like a really smart guy. Uh, what would you tell Deirdre what you think she should do to not be a better actress because she's a damn good actress, but to get more movie roles in this world of insanity where everybody in Hollywood wants to be in film and not everybody is good? Well, I think we go. I think we go back to the the the, the thing that I might have offered is that uh, change is the one constant. That's actually the thing you hold your hat on. You know, death and taxes they they change. We live longer, so clearly that changed. And and taxes, we've got more loopholes for taxes. The one thing that's constant <laughs> is it actually is the North Star. A stage actress told me this years ago. She said, "Whenever you're lost." The North Star never leaves. It never leaves its spot. Look up, and there you are. Find confidence and grounding in that. So you'll see a few of us that will actually glance up in the midst of a scene and look for the North Star to find ourselves. All that being said, Deidre, I think today people, and if you want to be in the venue, if I want to be in the venue, I have to be um, aware of the changes. And what we want today, I'm looking for you to know who you are and what you're bringing to me. I'm not, I, I've written a character and I'm not looking for someone to find 
um, who the character is, I'm looking for you to find the character within you. So I, I actually just want to know you, Deidre. I don't, I, I don't care about Lily that I wrote uh, as the showrunner or as the director or the producer. I want to know Deidre, and I want you to come in and tell me what you do. Are, are, you, uh, are, are you an auburn-haired, um, vivacious, uh, lovely, smoldering um, woman? Are, are you a fun, loving, jovial uh, girl next door, best friend? What is it? What's your, what's your brand? Sorry, Ron. Sorry, Jimmy. I know you hate hearing that. Jimmy, probably not you. But, but Ron, it, today we have to be aware. And that's why I say, fuck your, pardon me, your, your weakness. What is your strength? And that's all I want you to do. I agree with your, don't find the character. Bring the character to the play. I believe that totally. You, yeah. That's, I mean, look at every actress. Everybody in the chat room loves that too. Every actress that Marilyn Monroe, let's do Marilyn Monroe, she brought to the character. The character, because Jane Russell was my dearest and best friend. We hung oh, out. She's in fact, lovely. She left, wow. She left my house and passed away. So I've got so much stuff on Marilyn Monroe that, of course, I won't go public with it because Jane asked me not to. But Marilyn Monroe would get a script. And the script would say, dumb blonde works as a waitress, okay? Marilyn Monroe didn't like that. She didn't like the idea that she has to portray a dumb blonde. She would interpret it as what they want is an innocent blonde girl who has to work as a waitress because she wasn't educated because she came from a foster home. And that's what Marilyn Monroe brought to the screen. That's why we still to this day adore her because she's that innocent little sexy number that we all want to protect, that little kitten. She didn't do what Mamie, God, Mamie Van Doren's my friend. She's probably going to crucify me if she ever hears this. Oh, no. <laughs> Careful, Ron. No, I love Mamie. Mamie's a good old broad. You could bang her around. Everybody has her. <laughs> no, but really. <laughs> Ma Mamie, Mamie's a dog. I love Mamie. Mamie, I love you. <clears throat> Mamie Van Doren was hard and sexy. And if she got a script saying, play a dumb blonde, she played a dumb blonde. She never brought to the film, which Betty Davis, my God, fought. Yeah. And I knew Betty well, fought with every single director she worked with because the director said, no, 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 you have to do this. And Betty said, bullshit. That's what the script said, but that's not what I say. I and have so to do this. Never is there a better opportunity for Deidre to, to, do, to take note of yours off Betty Davis to do what Deidre does. Um, they're looking for you. They're not looking for the character. They're not looking... They're not looking for, they're looking for, for, for the person. For the freshness, and for the originality. Will you light up my screen? Will you light up my work, my story? Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's you. And, and, and a big part of that, I have to say, is we're, we're in an age of, of accelerated um, uh, uh, promotion, uh, a lot of our our talent is is skyrocketed to opportunity as well as our producers and our directors. The experience level is is on the fly. The, the people that Betty Davis was arguing with had probably worked as much as she had. The people Deidre, you're going in for ha have not had the, that type of experience. Uh, God bless them. They're learning. All they know is how they feel, and so that and that's all you can attend to. And so they're making decisions based on that. And that might be a 30-year-old young man that um, just knows 
how it, it caught him and he'll say, that was awesome. And that's what I'm looking for. And you're it. So know what you do and do it. Don't, I make so many mistakes trying to play. How, how will they like me? Fuck that. They're going to like you. You are only you. And the other thing that's really helped me in the last several years is everything is right. Everything. No matter what comes out of your mouth, no matter what doesn't come out of your mouth, no matter where you look or how you gesticulate, it is right. Like a snowflake. Every scene you do is perfect. That being said, it's only once. People, directors often will say, yeah, let's do it again just like the last time. And I realize they're not saying duplicate your performance, but whatever you did to get out of your way to do a performance that was as free and clear, they want that again. Right. And you'll, you'll never do two alike, right, Ron? I mean, they're, they're, they're no. beautiful, organic <laughs> efforts. And you, uh, you know, now that I go into audition and read, I have to more than Cliff, but I realize anything that happens in the moment is right. It's right. great. Fucking brilliant. And I'm, uh, excited for that possibility. And the last thing I will, I just want to offer this, uh, because you asked, I have relied my entire career on what I call the wisdom of the unknown and simply meaning that when I get up in the morning, I had no idea the type of conversation the three of us were going to have. But what I did give into was that it was going to be this cool, this great. I don't know if I could script my life, it would not be as good as what the unknown has for me. I would limit myself that, with my, okay. yeah. So if you allow yourself the brilliance that the world has to offer, you will be bowled over by the golden nuggets that are at your feet. Well, I do this. Jimmy tells everybody, I never know who's coming on the show and I don't research them because I like the unknown. That's what makes That's it great. fresh. Yeah. I only work with the unknown. I did that with Set the Record Straight. We were unfiltered and unscented and unscripted. I had no idea what I was going to ask my, and I had major stars. I mean, stars that used to walk off major motion picture sure. pictures. And I would take a chance, like with Tony Curtis. Yeah. I said to Tony Curtis, Tony, what's this gay thing? Are you really gay? Now, that's a chance you're taking. He said, yeah. no, I'm not gay. I just like sex with everybody. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, you know. And I loved him for it because he was honest. He'd like boys, he liked girls, he didn't care. He said, I love sex. Who don't care who, who with? But I like the idea that uh, unscripted, what you did was that it, uh, it was so fresh and in the moment, and it probably made the show exciting. You know, it probably, oh. what, what I think is great. And I think that's the, a big part of your work because. You know, we have to do this over and over, as you know, and, and sometimes if you're really, I used to be a real preparation, uh, not just knowing my lines, but knowing everyone else's and knowing intentions and alternate intentions and backstories. And I've started to realize this was, I was just a recital. I was just a, a uh, tour guide of the story being told essentially and this is what happens now and now I'm going to say this and then I will turn here hopefully someone's crying I am don't you see and then all of a sudden I realized I'm fucking bored of myself who else could be uh, interested in me uh, Tom Hardy when I was doing the movie Lawless I love this guy Tom Hardy's powerful magnetic sexual presence uh, I never met Marlon Brando I've watched all his films I don't know 
who he is other than on screen, but I would, I would assume that he had an incredible animal magnetism, and this guy Tom Hardy has the same, in my observation, my personal observation. But he told me, look, if it's not fun for you, if you're not having fun doing the work, Deidre, how could anyone else have any fun watching you? You know, even if it's something awful that you're doing, enjoy it. Let's go. Yeah, you're right. Well, if you take I, if you take a, a scene in the movie, and if you treat it like how I would work, if I were uh, you know in a very big important film, and somebody had to cry and jump out a window, I don't think I want to go over it in my mind. I think I want to be there when it's happening, so I get that yeah. re reaction, like oh that's my great. god, she's crying, she's out the window, and then that's yeah. the take that they would use. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I agree. Yeah. I mean, both options work. How would you work it? Do you like to prepare and, and rehearse and do all that crap before the film? Depends on what the material is. But don't you think you're stale after a while? I feel you get stale if you no. keep doing it over. I will say this, and again, because, uh, and I think it, this is something as a, as a new actor you don't have a sense of, because most of us come off of the stage and we're, 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 very prone to the rehearsal process, but um, he's good. The the camera process is important, and it took me a long time to understand. If I do something and the camera doesn't see it, it, it the, if the tree falls in the wood and no one here is there to hear it, did it fall? If I'm doing something and the camera is not aware, it didn't happen. And so I don't mind a rehearsal for camera to let them know in the proximity where I'm going to be. I was so upset the other day on a film. Uh, doing something when I realized, and I'm savvy enough to be on set recognizing that that goddamn camera's not there. Where's the cam? Oh shit! Now I now I'm going to find the camera, and um, which is totally counterbalance of what we're trying to do. So I don't mind a rehearsal for the camera to have a sense of I might be over here, a little business right there. Then I'm gonna go, uh, you know, I'm gonna go jump on her on the bed and and let's get this on. Okay, so follow me. Okay, it's gonna be great. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I get it though. No, and there I, are great actors. I believe that, hitting uh, marks. Really, I mean, knowing your lines and hitting your marks is what makes the scene work. But I yeah. think, the, I think the, um, the surprise element yeah. of which we all, I mean, you walk into a room of 10 people and you go, hi, oh my God, look who's here. Hi, how yeah. are you? You know, yeah. if you rehearse it so much, it comes off like, I don't know, it doesn't work well for me. Look at Even that. on stage oh. with Vanessa Redgrave, I had the chance to, when I was, oh. uh, to be with the Alley Theater in Houston, Texas, and they, the Redgraves, uh, Vanessa, Korn, and, and, and Lynn brought over their um, Shakespeare productions, and we, we all formed a troupe and, and did Antony and Cleopatra and Julius Caesar, and every night, Vanessa, even though, the obviously, Mr. Shakespeare's Words never changed. Her tonation and pentameter did change a bit every night. She kept it fresh. And we never knew. And it was such a delight because, oh, my God, what's she going to – oh, my – she just threw my hat into the audience. Oh, that bitch, you know, and she was great. And, and she, she is great. And that was exciting for me. It was thrilling to be on stage with her, you know, and, and, and she was thrilling and just, just energy magnified. Listen, did you ever think of being a coach? 
You are. You fabulous. know, that's what I was going to ask you. I was, was going to say we need to be Twitter friends because you need to be my yeah. mentor. You're wonderful. Twitter. I enjoyed huh? this interview. No, like I know. I said we need believe. to be Twitter friends. I'm not. Oh, friends. thank you. This is I one like of the best I, Hollywood interviews. All about Hollywood, not other interviews. We've had lots of great interviews, but the best Hollywood interview I have ever done. And for our listeners, you got inside dirt, kids. You got stuff that we talk about when we're in the luncheonette. <clears throat> or the commissary in the studio hating our job. I mean, I want to send you audition t- tapes and and get your <laughs> no. and get your and get your notes on. I them. mean, he's right <laughs> about these twenty-five-year-old directors that don't have their asses from their elbows, and they're going to talk to somebody like me that's in the business fifty-two years. Get lost! You can't even do it, and they think who the hell they are. And if you let them direct you, you, you look like a high school play. Yeah, some of them. Yeah, I had a great acting coach that always used to tell me. Um, uh, Pack your own chute. You jump out of an airplane, you better know that when you pull the ripcord, the parachute's in it. And so I think you do, in your preparation, have to. You never know who's going to be reading with you in an audition process. They may not read very well. Maybe some guy's girlfriend that he's just given a job for the day. You need to be able to be prepared to. uh, I get this more than anything is direction, not because, not for the honesty of I'm, a, I'm changing gears on you, but I want to see if you can handle direction. Yeah. And so if we get too tied into our preparation, it's a good note. Um, directors may want something different that the, mm-hmm. the scenery might require something different and they'll ask a, a different direction. You have to let go of your preparation and be able to take on something new and be available. Um, there's so much. I enjoy the process. I like the process more than I like the performance. I like rehearsing plays. I, 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 I like doing research on characters. That turns me on. That's, I, I get a hard on for the opportunity to discover. And that's the other thing, Ron. My career now is coming to a place where I know from page one to page 95 where we're going in the arc. But it's the discoveries along the way that I don't know about that really turn me on. Yeah. I know at the end of the day, I've, I've got to die in a firing gun, you know, gunfight in, um, you know, dog day Sunday. But it's all the jewels that I don't know about that are going to show up that make it, again, the wisdom of the unknown and the discoveries. You know, we, as children, we play hide and go seek. Hang on short. one sec, Lou, because we're going to, we we're, only got a minute go, left. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. I thought this was two-hour gig. No. Well, yeah, you got an hour. You got an hour and the other guy. Well, actually, 45 minutes. So you're good. (laughs) We got to have him back, though. We want to have you back. When you're you're not in another job, we want to have you come back. We want everybody to follow you on Twitter, too. You guys follow Lou on Twitter, at Lou Temple Actor on Twitter. Check out all his movies, Zombex, Night Moves, The Lone Ranger, The Walking Dead, Unstoppable, Camouflage, Wicked Blood. I know there's more. The Grace of Jake. Uh, check them all out. Follow him on Twitter. Lou, you were fabulous. Well, I didn't want to cut us off because we were enjoying and it so when, much. And when we do our show from L.A., which we're moving after the holidays back to California, you've got to come Yeah, then you can come show. live. Then you'll be able to sit with C- us in with the studio. Us yeah, that'd be studio. That- It'd be my pleasure. Bless you all. Uh, much love to to all three of y'all. Deidre, stay on track. Ron, keep her on track. Watch out for Jimmy. He, he makes this thing happen. And and much love and respect to Clifton, all right? And you guys yeah, do great. So much, Lou. So much. All right. Bless you all. Be good hey, to each other. Bye-bye. Uh, Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. He's so really check great. out He's Lou awesome. Temple and Clifton Collins movies. They're fabulous. We want to chat. What would you think?
Awesome. Chad Another good one. That was a good one, everybody. Sorry, we're cutting off. I wish we had more time with him. Wish we had more time, you guys. Thanks so much. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Later. Let's get down to crazy, Jimmy. Big up myself and all this outfit.